odd variety. Always good. It's Echo Beach and Martin. Martin the Muffins. I think it's Martin Muffins, something like that. Anyway, today I'm going to be interviewing the lovely Rachel McGill again. She came in in March and we spoke about lots and lots of different things. We're going to be focusing on leadership today. So if you've got any leadership questions, email in at studio at radiobath.com or you can text Bath followed by your message to 80011. He says, putting his croaky voice back in the hole. So uh, yeah, back after this next track with lovely Rachel. Ooh, baby, I love you every day. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love The variety of music that we play here on Radio Bath, always quite nice. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Ah, uh, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. I'm sorting out my microphone. So, um, you came in in March, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, I seen spoke... that long ago. Oh, I'm squeaking the microphone away. It's all sounding good. Um, yeah, and we had lots of fun then, and that was nice. We spoke about your round the world trip. Yes. Yeah, lots of different things. But tell <laughs> us, who are you and why are you here? Well, I am Rachel McGill. I I'm here because you want to talk about leadership and we (laughs) we focus in my business on resilient leadership helping people have confidence in uncertainty so that they can keep going through change uncertainty you know maybe even crisis and chaos that's kind of what we do we prepare people for that when things are calm so they're ready for it when things aren't amazing and how did you get to run the company that you do today um well we've been doing it for a long time 25 years now and um I got into it, I, as you know, used to be in the army. I did. When I left the army, I went into consultancy and lots of change leadership, change practice. And just increasingly, you know, people that I worked with were focusing on the what, the what I do of leadership. And the stuff that was tripping projects up wasn't that. It was the, the people, the who hmm. I am. And that's really why people follow people. It's because they trust them and they want to. Now, we had Hannah come in last week, which you recommended. Yes. Thank you very much for that. She was a fascinating guest. And uh, she spoke about the kind of the circle in that you have the why. Mm. Is it the why, the how and the what? Yes. Is that kind of how it works in lots of ways? Yeah, I think, well, I think f- we have some fundamental beliefs that every one of us leads. Okay, so we are in kind of multiple roles every day. We all lead ourselves. Mm. Um, and equally, we all follow. So for me, it doesn't, leadership is not about what's on your job description. It's because of you know what you have to do every day um and the difference between that sort of day-to-day leadership and resilient leadership is being able to as i say lead yourself up and down if you imagine a continuum richard from things being really calm at one end three right the way through to chaos at the other you know being able to know that wherever you are wherever you find yourself in the environment that you're in up and down that uncertainty spectrum you can keep going and other people are likely to follow you because you've invested time in building relationships with people to help you achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve now i had a a really nice thing last night in that um i did a good deed for somebody last week and (laughs) (laughs) nice to hear (laughs) literally it, it didn't affect me in any way shape or form i was just generous with some of the kit that i had right um and they came along last night to dancing for those that don't know i dance teach normally and not only did they help set up, mm. uh, they took away some equipment um, mm. that needed fixing, and they're going to fix it without even being asked, and bought me a bottle of red wine. Right. And I was like, 
that's just an amazing thing. Well, and you give I, it, you get it. Yeah, and I was like, it's right. a real, real nice moment of karma mm. then. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So we're going to talk specifics about being a leader later on. Um, but in general, what makes a good leader? Um, I think it is aware. I think there are four things that make a really good leader, or or four things that you are likely if you if you get it right, you're kind of in a bit of the sweet spot, and you're kind of pretty sure that actually. One, you can lead yourself, and two, people are more likely to come with you. So one is awareness, okay. having a kind of heightened level of your strengths, the strengths of others, but also your vulnerabilities, being prepared to talk about those as well so that other people know how to support you. Heightened level of awareness of the environment around you. All right? So if you've got your head down, looking at your phone all the time, and you're kind of not out yeah. there, that's not necessarily showing that you're kind of high, highly aware. Um so that that means if you've got somebody who's aware, you're more likely to kind of, yeah, okay, get it, get this person. They've got a presence about them. Okay. So what they leave behind them when they're not in the room is is a kind of a shadow for good or ill or a smell, yeah. <laughs> like a perfume. And that's because of who you are when you are in the room, right? So people who are kind of authentic, they're clear about who or what they're in service to, and they've got a positive intention about them. That kind of leaves a, a good vibe behind. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of less tangible who I am and on the what I do side it's kind of got a vision determined to get there yeah. and they're making some smart decisions based on the advice that they're getting from people around them good, good leaders do those four things or focus on that and I suppose that every leader must have a point when they kind of go because I, I listen to a lot of um, entrepreneurs and um, podcasts about them and mm. you, you often hear about them selling companies and moving on to the next thing mm. and that must be quite a difficult thing for any leader to look at and go when's time to move on yeah yeah I think it, it, it's really hard isn't it because you know you grow something and it's about control as mm. well letting go of control some really great work by a guy called Will Schutz who's long gone now he said that there are fundamentally three things that we need as humans one is about control the other is around being included and the other is warmth and affection okay and i think you know if you've built something and it's yours you've, you've you know what you're, you know what it is you've got a sense of status and control around it it's hard to let go so yeah yeah i definitely find it in my business very hard to let go and let others mm. others do it so I'm, I'm trying to go down that path a little bit shall we say but, yeah uh, but yeah um now again i was chatting to uh to a chap called kieran the other day and uh and he is an amazing chap and they have a uh a policy in their environment mm. that they have constant feedback mm. um, and again from the top to the bottom everybody mm. gets feedback all of the time mm. um, and therefore nobody takes it personally how does that feel regarding being leadership giving feedback and taking feedback it's as critical well? isn't it you know if, if those I said those four things earlier there's a golden thread that, that ties all of them together it is communication okay and feedback is communication and communication is including people and if people are included in your thinking and and what you're doing they're much more likely to be committed to what you're trying to achieve if you don't include people think about it times that you felt excluded by somebody you're very unlikely to be really committed to what they're trying to do. Again, we spoke last week with Hannah about people being in the inner circle yeah. or not in the inner circle, yeah. and, and that was quite difficult if you're in the outer circle. Yeah, and feedback is all about that, isn't mm. it? It's like, you know, people, if, if we go with that thing I said, you know, people have a fundamental need to be included. Feedback is including people. They also have a need to feel in control. Well, if you're telling people how they're doing, you know, what's working, what's not, you're yeah. The implication is you're offering them that so that they can decide what to do about it. Yeah. Um, 
And, it, and equally, if you tell them the impact that that's having on you and the organisation and the people around them, that's about being open and mm. showing that you care enough to be able to offer them that feedback. Yeah. So feedback, if you do it well, you nailed it. Now, I have a, the hardest question, which I have already given you warning about this question, okay? okay. So okay. this is like the classic, if you were going to have a dinner and who are your four dinner guests, okay? So oh. it's kind of based on that. Okay. So I'm going to go for, if you could pick three leaders, yeah. they don't have to be famous in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Three leaders, <clears throat> excuse me, which skill sets would you combine of those three leaders to make the perfect leader and why? Okay. Right, so we talk about, as I've said, everyone can lead. So I very rarely sort of pick out famous people because I don't know them so I would choose three people that I know really well and I would choose my business partner okay. Jer- Dr Jeremy Mead I'd choose him because he is really great at giving perspective so you know when you're down in the weeds and getting stuck he just doesn't seem to let that bother him ever he's just always up and out and able to give you another view you know another way of framing things then I would choose a lady who we also have in our community of practice that we built called Anna Hemmings, and she's an Olympian and a um, seven times world champion marathon kayaker, right? Okay. So she's a really highly accomplished person. But the reason I, I would choose her is because she's just quietly determined. You know, you just know that if she's in the room, stuff will get done. Yeah. Um, and then I would choose a lady called Sky Dean, who's also in our community. And um, she's just somebody who manages so much stuff in her life. And she doesn't do it in a kind of martyry way. She just manages to um, somehow push through, you know, and just kind of have everything lined up. She's got kids and jobs and she's a physio, um, but she always brings her absolute best to stuff. And she's willing to ask for help as well to help her be that way. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Perspective, determination and kind of <laughs> just a multi, multi-focused multi and calm, probably. And I bet it would be a really fun dinner table as well. <laughs> they would. Of loads of great stories. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- and I think that's the point. I think about those three and I think about other people. But if I think about famous people, I don't really know. I couldn't mm. really... I know what they're famous for, but I have no idea who they are as people. No. And I would follow the people I know because of things I've seen in them much more than I'm likely to you know risk it with somebody I've never really met Um, we're going to have a little break for the adverts when we come back we're going to talk about your company Resilient Leaders Element is that correct? Elements yes great so uh, we're back after this The Nursery Hilberton now I'll be honest I didn't choose that track I'm going to try and read what it says. I think it's Je suis un rockstar by Bill Wyman. It's nearly 10 years old now. What do you think about that song, Rachel? I remember it. You remember it? Do I you? Do. I, I'll be honest, that's the first and possibly last time really? I've ever okay. heard that song. It's, it's an interesting song. First time for everything. It's the first time for, for everything. Bill Wyman. So we're here with Rachel today. She's here from Resilient Leaders Elements. We're going to be talking all about leadership. Uh, if you have any questions about leadership today, it's what we're specialising on. It's studio at radiobath.com or you can text your message to Bath followed by 80011. And we're going to talk about the four elements that you generally have in your company, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And the first of those, we mentioned them very briefly in our first section. Yeah. We're going to kind of delve a bit deeper now. And that is clarity of direction. Okay, dokie. What does that mean? So that means that you focus on the future. So you have a clear 
vision or you give yourself a bit of space and time and by the way I'm rubbish at this are you yeah so I generally (laughs) I'm lucky if I think six weeks out um so the idea is that you know you imagine say six months from now to a year from now and you describe it really richly so what's going to have changed what will be happening around you what will you be thinking feeling what will people be saying has changed since you know you were here to where you are then so you describe that really clearly and if you think about people who you would choose to follow generally it's because they've got that they know where they're going and why they're going there really really importantly you should always be able to explain why you're doing something or if you're asking somebody to do it for you with mm. you why you know yeah. if you can't answer the question why then we're all stuffed really so clarity direction is about having a vision it's also about engaging people to help you achieve it because things are too complicated these days um, to be able to do it all yourself so you need other people to help you achieve it so it's also about unifying people behind that vision or goal and then it's having the determination to keep going towards it Mm. because again lots of competing priorities will try and um, get it not try and get in the way but could get in your way people may be negative and disagree with what you're trying to achieve but if you've thought it through enough you're going to have the determination the confidence to keep going so it's about having the vision engaging people to come with you unifying purpose we call it and then having the determination to keep going so you're not derailed at the first sign of somebody saying richard that's never going to work oh it happens to me all the time as well um i mean i suppose there's that classic thing of having a ladder that you're trying to get to the top of and then realizing yeah. you get the, to the top and it's the wrong ladder mm. um i'm sure that happens quite yeah. a lot yeah well that's when you start to bring in one of the other elements which we could go to if you like we'll come back to that one in a minute we're going to stick here for now (laughs) yeah so i think also if you think about keeping perspective so if you keep checking where you're going and if you think about noticing changes in the environment around you then you should also consider changing where you're, you're you know adapting your goal adjusting your goal depending on what's going on around you and that's about having the awareness and the confidence to say stop you know um, we've invested this time however things have changed we therefore need to change our own um, vision and goal but I think if generally you think six months six months to a year you should absolutely give yourself space and time to think about what do I want to be different six months from now to what is currently happening around me okay so I'm going to relate this now to, to the wonderful world of dancing okay um, so I've always had and you know apologies if I'm going down a personal route here but I've always <laughs> had the uh, the wish so I've been teaching now for nearly 25 years mm. and it's always been my wish that if I get every single venue to have 100 people at it mm. then they will be successful and then that will then feed on to the other events that then take part after that so that's yeah. always been the goal yeah. um, we've never quite made it we've had times when each venue has been 100 people coming along uh, but never all one together mm. so I looked at the scenario early this year and where it's like with two of the venues it's impossible for that to happen mm. absolutely impossible why, be, why be- um because the venues were either not the right ones right. or not in the right place or were never going to succeed okay so we've changed two of those venues right okay okay and i now so look an at it of what you're yeah saying. and yeah. i now look at it and think right it is now possible, now possible. for that to happen and I've already got the marketing in place and it's already going to happen regards to next November. Mm. Well, sorry, next yeah, next November when it would be 25 years. Uh, I have a marketing campaign already oh, planned fantastic. out that uh, we're going to try and get those 100 people at each of those venues for that week and make it a special week type thing. Right. Um, and that's my year's goal, I suppose. So it's, is that kind of the... Absolutely. It's spot on, isn't it? Is um, that the type of thing? Yeah. So we have an assessment, an online assessment that asks specific 
offers you specific statements to do with clarity of direction and if you're actually focusing in the way that you are in that element you'd be able to say yeah I pretty much always or usually do those things associated with a resilient leader Hmm. when it comes to clarity of direction so you can tick that box Um, and what you know I suppose you can keep asking yourself why do I want a hundred people at menu and that's worth checking you know the the reason measures you put in place are worth checking so the reason why for me is that I know how much dancing impacts on people and how much their mental health improves them and just generally the world is better when people are going dancing they can have had the worst day in the world Mm. and they come along and all of a sudden the world's okay Mm. again Um, and if I can impact that on more and more people then the world's a better place so you have just articulated a lovely vision that is about it's absolutely got its tangibles you know you're saying I want the 100 people I want these number of venues and here's why Hmm. it's a really important thing is why and actually I'd be much more likely to get involved with what you're doing, <laughs> Richard, because of the why. Yeah. Because that's compelling and it's compassionate and it's exciting. You mm. know, it's showing what's possible for people through the work that you're doing. Yep, absolutely. Let's move on to the next one then, awareness. Okay, dokie. So what does awareness mean then? So three uh, three facets within awareness. And again, if you use, we've got an online assessment that enables you to check where you are with these things. Um, so awareness, first of all, is about yourself. It starts with self. Um, knowing my strengths and my contributions and being able to talk about those with with um, awareness and humility, right? Because the reason you're talking about your strengths is because you want to use those to help you achieve your clarity of direction, okay? Yeah. So hiding your strengths isn't a good thing. Equally, you want to be able to talk about your vulnerabilities, those things that might trip you up or that you need help with in order to achieve your clarity of direction. You need to understand what takes you from pressure which is good for us. It helps us get out of bed in the morning because we're motivated to stress, which actually is bad for us if we stay there for too long, become overwhelmed and basically want to hide under your duvet. Mm. So know what takes you from pressure to stress, those internal factors, external triggers. But it will really, really importantly also understand what helps you rebalance from that. Mm. Be clear about it and ask people to help for help with it. You need to know that about yourself and you need to know about that about other people because awareness is all about getting the best from yourself and others so that people can stay at their best for longer help you achieve your clarity of direction because if you're no, if you're not looking after yourself you're no good to anybody yeah and equally if you're not helping p- other people take care of themselves they're not going to be there when you need them to be there final facet of awareness is about awareness of environment um, and I mean physical environment, which we used to struggle to emphasise to people how important that was until the pandemic. And now okay. everybody gets it. A physical environment is hugely important on our um, awareness and well-being, and also the kind of cultural environment around us. So, in an, if you're in an organisation, John Cotter, who's written a lot on change, he talks about culture being made up of two things shared values and norms of behavior so the things that matter to us in our organization and the way that we normally behave so i'll give you an example coming to work in the morning open my laptop start typing the that's a normal behavior the value that that kind of indicates is we value kind of hard work perhaps before interaction with people if i come into a different organization and i put my laptop on the table and i have a chat with people for 10 minutes and then I open my laptop and I get on. That's a normal behaviour. What's that? What that's saying is we chat. We, we, you know, we find out about people here before we crack on with work. Okay. So you can see this kind of that would start to manifest in what you call a culture. So, so I suppose yeah. 
both cultures would they both be correct in some ways it's it just is isn't it it's just yeah. kind of um reality what you can do is you can change your behavior um and you and those behaviors kind of point at the things that we value culture once it's established is tough to change mm. in an organization you've got to be really really mindful of the things that you want people to be doing that align with your values and if you don't know what your core values are um, it's worth we've got some exercises on that it's worth looking at um, what do I value most because okay. um, they can really help guide your interaction with people and they can influence how it feels to work with you and they should influence your decision making as well okay next one then is leadership presence yeah i said earlier it's like the smell richard that you leave behind you <laughs> I, I generally when, when when rachel said that i actually sniffed my underarm and i was like yeah i'm all right today it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so um it's kind of what you leave behind you when you're not in the room because of who you are when you are in the room and we think that comes from three things the first is a level of authenticity so that people kind of get you you're not playing a game there's no hidden agenda you're just authentically you and that's quite tough sometimes when you feel you have to kind of play a role at work um but actually we really encourage people to find a way to do that by being themselves um again understanding your values your core values those things that you would never let go of Mm. irrespective of what work demanded of you or life demands of you Um, Being clear about who or what you're in service to at any given time. Again, links with clarity of direction. You know, if I know what my goal is, that's what I'm in service of. I know how that influences my family and my friends. I'm much more likely to be kind of have a presence around that. People get that I have a positive intention as well because I'm in service. A bias for achievement. You know, criticising is not helpful. Critiquing is. Yeah. It's kind of who you are when you are in the room okay. um, that leaves that behind you. The other thing, if you get that right, people are much more likely to keep going towards your clarity of direction to help you achieve your goal, even when you're not there. And that matters when it comes to uncertainty. You know, if, you're, if you, things are urgent and you can't be in the room with people, if you've put the work into kind of building the relationships when you, when you are there, it's much more likely that when you're not there, they'd be saying, do you know what, if Richard was here right now, he'd yeah. be suggesting this or asking us these questions. So perhaps we need to rethink. Yeah, you know? I suppose it's leaving behind standards as well, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Thinking about what you want and being mindful of that. The, the kind of environment you want to create, the, um, the, the climate hmm. you want to create in in an organization or with who you who people that you work with okay and the last one then resilient decision making yeah i think if the buck stops anywhere it's probably here so if you get the other three right and you can see if you check out our website oh tell us what the website is rachel (laughs) (laughs) this is resilientleaderselements.com um and so it creates a venn diagram basically and so resilient decision making the only one of these elements that's got the word resilient in it and um by the way you know that kind of traditional definition of resilience which is you know keep going until you fall over what we're talking about here is the opposite to that okay it's being able to look after yourself and others so that you can keep going in a positive and kind of a mindful way through uncertainty over and over again and actually every time that a crisis happens in the world since we started doing this back in the late 90s people say what we need is leadership and what we need is resilience yeah 
and actually if you put them together in a way that focuses on self-care as much as getting stuff done that's the kind of leadership that you need anyway resilient decision making thinking differently challenging the status quo so just because we've always done it like yeah. this doesn't mean we need to one keep of my, doing that. One of my biggest bugbears, that is. Right. Genuinely, it's always been done this way, so therefore yeah. we must carry on. Yeah, it's frustrating as well. What it limits as well, you know, if you think about diversity, which you were talking about with Hannah, yeah. what you want is hugely diverse views that say, well, that, you know, that, that make you realise that there are thousands of ways I could make this decision, thousands of different decisions I could make at the moment. If I'm informed by a really diverse input and you know creative thinking i'm much more likely to make the best decision right now based on what i know if you only make it based on what you know it's going to be flawed even more flawed than it could be if you involved people yeah so creative is challenging the status quo also being robust in your decision making what often happens when things are urgent and at the moment I mean, people lots of organizations lots of people are, are really running around with mm. hair on fire lots going on and what can happen is you jump from one point of decision to another if you imagine a wave so you know the build up to my making a decision is the build up to the wave the crest of the wave is the decision itself and the follow on through is like the the learning from mm-hmm. that decision if i just jump from one crest of the wave to the next how on earth can I be sure because I haven't learnt from things I haven't acknowledged people or got their experience of how that went how do I know that that learning is built into the next decision I'm making and how do I therefore know it's not really flawed because I'm not learning as I go so there's also a robustness to decision making that you focus on and you need to focus on which is the build up to the follow on from so that you're confident the decision you're, you're making is informed by previous experience final thing about resilient decision making it's about being able to adapt the pace and style of your decision making depending on the situation so if if things are calm and i'm shouting and screaming just do it richard mm-hmm. you're gonna be going that's a bit odd i'm not really sure <laughs> doing equally if we've got a fire alarm going off and yeah, you're yeah. saying well let's all chat about this and decide what we're going to yeah. do that's weird too so being able to adapt the pace and style of your decision making depending on the situation is critical um for people to really get that they would want to follow you yeah yeah brilliant well we're gonna have another little break for music Great. we're gonna come back with we rachel more bill wyman and uh, no no we've got else? dua lipa coming up now oh, nice nice we have got dua lipa and a bit of hotter than hell <laughs> Visit ymcabath.org.uk and click Health and Wellbeing to sign up now. Okay, so we're back just before the uh, news with Rachel. We've got a question come in from James, actually, and he said, how much has your military career affected how you teach being a resilient leader? Uh, A lot, I would say. Um, I was in the army when I was very young, so sort of 18 actually 17 i joined right through three to i was 28 so i think so sort of formative years um really good experiences but also pretty rubbish ones as well which again means formative the good stuff is when it works well you know people step up and take a lead and then have the awareness and the humility to step back Mm. irrespective of their strength um and what's on their job description 
doesn't happen very often doesn't didn't happen very often but when it did it was great because you know you, because of the role you were in you suddenly became the lead person for a period and everybody would get behind you and help you and then equally when things moved forward or moved on you then stepped back and went into a different role that worked really well that was great stuff that wasn't so great sometimes the kind of hierarchical rank structure um and the the you have to move jobs every two years which sometimes doesn't my view doesn't drive the right behavior you know people are very desperate to prove themselves do well so they work themselves into the ground um if you know you had two choices around a long-term decision that is the best thing for the organization and a short-term decision that's just going to get you noticed often i'm sad to say it was the latter that happened some of my colleagues went with that <laughs> and you were an officer in the army weren't I was. you yeah which yeah. I, I was in the ref as a as a working person and you were in the army as a Never non mind. as a Never non-working mind. person Never mind, Richard. That's, that's all right somebody's got to do that i know play. i know somebody had to uh, <laughs> be on the ranks i suppose but there we go um <laughs> But it's a bit like that. We're not a political station in any way, but it's a bit like that in politics as well, isn't it? They're, they're making mm. the short-term decisions, even yeah. though the longer-term ones might actually be the better option. Uh, absolutely. And it's and it's difficult because, you know, you, you hear that sort of tension all the time. And I think generally we are quite short-term hmm. creatures. And, um, you know, we've also got families to take care of and so on. So I think that definitely in, it influenced my decision to leave the military because I, you know, there was a certain point where I... You know, needed to play a bit of a political game. Not very good at that. Yeah. And um, I started to lose my confidence in what I was doing and whether I was, it was the right place for me. So I, I did leave. Plus, in those days, it was much more difficult than it is now to have a family and so on. So, mm. um, I have a lot of colleagues, um, part of a of a all all female group actually, who've all served um, as officers in the army. Never mind. <laughs> And that group is phenomenal. And and, and again, uh, when I went in, there was 40 of us who joined um, the army and we were in the minority. And I think you know, the, the great thing that happens for people who've been in the service, you'll probably recognise this if you have, is um, that they sort of they form under pressure mm-hmm. and those friendships are tight. You yeah. know, to, to this day, I've got the, the closest friends I have are those that I made in those early days in the in the military. So how did it inform my current practice um i've taken all of the good bits and um use those all the time and that's and i'm not saying that i did all those good bits but the stuff i saw people do brilliantly in the military you know when they get it right it's just the best it's Mm. the best place i remember one of my most influential people who Mm. um is still in the military actually even you know 20 years after i left Mm. he's he's still there he's top ranking person now he's doing Mm doing very well mm. um and i remember his leadership skills to me personally as i was going through so i was in my early 20s mm. still sit with me now so yeah. uh, i still remember i literally i can picture it now i made a mistake and mm. how he reacted to that mistake is how i deal with people now right um because I, I know that i kind of i knew i was never going to make that mistake again yeah but I didn't get hauled over the coals. I didn't yeah. have anything shouted at me. It was just, it, it was almost the classic, you know, as a parent, I'm not angry with you. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was almost that yeah. moment. But it generally is, you know, how you, as a leader, how you deal with somebody oh, it's is, yeah, it's is leadership, enormous. It's leadership presence, isn't it? Yeah. It's like that's what you leave behind you. And, it, and the impression it creates is really profound. It's how, it's what people take away. It's whether people want to stay in the organisation and carry on yeah. working if he dealt with that differently for you 
you know, your experience would be different and, yeah. you know, it can be damaging as well. And, and again, just going very quickly, it's, um, you know, if you go back to the 1950s where the cane was a very normal thing to be used in schools, therefore that's the f- theory that a lot of people are going to grow up with, mm. whereas now it's much more gentle. Mm. Now, we were chatting a minute ago and I said to Rachel, which song would you like to be have played? This is weird. It is slightly strange, isn't it? And she yeah. said, the new James Blunt one. And I went, really scaringly, that's lined up. And here it is. Brilliant. Just for you. Darling, I know we talked about it one too many times How there was something missing in our lives A little life So we tried It was more than just a twinkle in your eye But some things you just don't get to decide At least we tried First casualty of life is the plan When I look back I'm not even sure that We were thinking love that track there's iris by the goo goo dolls i tried dancing to that once rachel and uh, it's in three four timing so it's really hard to dance oh, to oh my goodness i know but bless you by the way just sorry you know. for that's coughing, all right just as you do <laughs> a very beautiful fade at the end of that lovely song <laughs> so sorry right we're going to talk about an unusual subject now which is ai oh. and leadership so i'm gonna i did some research on this okay so i'm gonna mm. gonna read out a little statement that i saw on one of the websites so it says mm. artificial intelligence ai has rapidly evolved in recent years becoming a valuable tool for businesses to streamline operations reduce production costs and meet company objectives in 2023 ai will play an increasingly vital role in leadership decision making with predictive and analytics natural language processing and more mm. blimey yeah i i use ai and we'll talk about this shortly yeah. in a different way but how's ai and leadership then being associated now um i think it's about making sure it it's the kind of the dog wagging the tail not the other way around it's the kind of conversations i'm hearing around this so you know if we go with awareness that we talked about earlier you know how can ai help us manage our environment more effectively so that we are free to do the things that humans do brilliantly um rather than us um i was talking with a bunch of um, educators on friday and there's a lot of fear in education around ai you know basically children's access to advanced um ai systems you know how how do you manage um and encourage children not to use it to cheat or to you know um how do you use it in an innovative way and not be fearful of it yeah and um i think that's the that's the challenge it's kind of seeing it as opportunity as um it's just kind of computers you know computers are able to do the things that we could we could do we, we just can't do the the huge array, the huge amount of searching and kind of processing that they do. So, how do we use that yeah. in education and beyond to help us, rather than um, you know, be fearful of it? 
So how do you guys use AI then in your current company? Yeah. Which, remind us what the company is in the website, <laughs> for those that weren't Resilient Leaders Elements, www.resilientleaderselements. Basically, we, I was asked to talk at this conference around AI and, humani- and humanity on Friday, and I thought, why on earth have you asked me to do this? I have no idea why I'm here. And then the guy explained to me that, you know, we started... Um, building a piece of AI back in the early 2000s that were that was focused on helping people assess how resilient they are as a as a leader, and that started on a bunch of cards. Right. You know, we had statements on cards, and then my my colleague Jeremy built an Excel spreadsheet, which is artificial intelligence, yep. and then we got a brilliant computer programmer to build us an online assessment. And then he added a development program that helped pull together challenges from across a huge database of challenges to help you focus on your vulnerabilities and do practical things through the week. That's artificial intelligence. And the way that we've used it is in service of people, not the other way around. We haven't just created something and thrown it at people because we think it's a, um, you know, they have to do it. It's like... We need, as humans, to be able to deal with increasingly complex and uncertain environments. How can we do that confidently? And that's how we, that's why we went to AI to help us create something that is going to help us make really great leadership development available to many, many more people, more mm. people than I could possibly talk to if it's just relying on me in a room. Yep. So artificial intelligence and what computers can do help us um, be more human and you know, put on the skills that we need to do that computers never can or certainly can't at the moment. I was going to say there's that important word of yet, isn't yeah, there? And if yeah. we go back to the senior service of the REF, of course. Um, <laughs> You're saying the Navy then, because I think that's what they call themselves. But yeah, there we are. That's what they call themselves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people often say to me, so I'm from Portsmouth originally, ah. and they say, why didn't you join the Navy? Okay, so I'm, I'm from the Isle of Wight. You're from so, the Isle of Wight. Yeah, oh, there yeah, you go. There go. So I'm going to give my theory on this. Okay, so I didn't mm. want to join the Army because I didn't want to be on the front line because right. I, I value my life too much okay. okay i didn't want to be in the navy because um because you're away at sea a lot mm. and i liked being at home mm. um and I, I went to join the ref and i'll admit this now as an officer um and i actually didn't like the environment and the people that i was surrounded by yeah. and i didn't feel like i was part of that culture yeah. at yeah. that stage um so i then looked at it and went well if i joined as the ref as an engineer which is what i ended up being yeah. then we are based in a wherever the war zone is we're based in a normally a three-star hotel 500 miles away from where the action is and we wave goodbye to the officers you're describing this is the reason the REF has got the reputation it has with the army and the navy by the way Richard that's okay but it's called the intelligence service anyway going back to it and that's and that's why we're still all here um but going back to like aircraft for instance obviously AI is used in that enormous amount you couldn't fly a modern day aircraft without the computers mm, um, mm, at all. Mm. It's just completely impossible. Well, and also it's creating an entirely new skill set, isn't it? Because increasingly, you know, live people don't sit in the in the aircraft that are being flown. They mm. have the skills that um, lots of our young people have now. Their kind of agility on keypads and, yep. um, you know, control panels to fly drones and so on. So um, things are changing fast. And I think that's why there's a fear around it because of the speed of change and we have to... We have to talk about it, understand it as much as we possibly can, not be not shy away from it. Yeah. Um, because that way, you know, we can hold on to the things that we need to stand firm on and um, and challenge the things that are being thrown at us just because people think it's a good idea. You know, yeah. we let our children use um, phones, 
you know, when we started doing that, didn't we, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. And we've gone into that without really thinking about the implication. We're now thinking, actually, there are implications here for um, our children and our behaviours and so on. And so we're trying to claw that back. And I think as we have to stay, have to match the pace of change in our environment. We can't just, you know, go with the pace that we're used to, which is which is sad yeah. and exciting at the same time. So how do we see opportunity in the uncertainty rather than be fearful of it and shy away from it? Now, in my role as a dance teacher and a franchisee and mm. running the company, I have to do a lot of marketing. And yes. AI is used an enormous amount yeah. in marketing. Um, in fact, it is putting people out of jobs mm. because you can do a copy of something mm. um, and just type into whichever search engine it may be on the AI mm. systems and it comes up with the type and it's brilliant. Mm. Um, even to the extent of the advert I put out for yourself um, mm. for saying that you're live here today, we have an AI checker on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's being used all of the time. Now, yeah. I thought, what would be interesting? Let's type in leadership and AI Ooh, into the get? search engine yeah. and let's see which questions the AI comes up with. Okay. So these are all AI questions. These are not my questions, but just to kind of show yeah, how possible. clever it is, mm. if I'm honest with you. I did also type in your name and see what came up, but alas, nothing. Um, <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, typed in my own name as well. Um, and again, nothing. <laughs> but there we, there we go. So you can't be that smart. <laughs> no, I know, it's unfair. But there we go. Um, so here we go. So here's the first question. How is artificial intelligence, AI, changing the landscape of leadership in businesses and organisations? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it, it's um, phenomenally helpful with decision-making. You know, um, being able to, to type in a question and get... Uh, um, all of the different answers that you've just done you know it gives us a start point yeah. for a human conversation yeah um what it can't do is describe um what we're about to talk about you know um but what it does do is it processes all the existing information that's out there brings it together in something that's nearly sensible which means i can then make it sound like something i would want to say yes it can't do that for me no okay. no it can't it we've can't had do that for me we've had a question come in from richard who's one of our dancers and he said we will never be able to heckle an ai dance teacher no not in the way that you do richard and no. i've heard it yeah it's the uh, it's the, impressive the clenching of bum cheeks but let's move <laughs> on from that moment shall we <laughs> but i suppose that's the advantage yeah. of it isn't it it's it's meaning that it, it can do a job quicker and therefore enable us as humans to do the things it can't do better absolutely so when and i agree i think there are certain roles that we need to look at in our society that we we shouldn't allow to be lost to um artificial intelligence because those are the roles that we value as humans that give us the opportunity to be human and connect as humans those things we need to understand what the threat to that is and if we lost it what the implications would be but that requires another level of thinking you know and, it, and actually ai can help us do that thinking all it does is searches what search what already exists yeah. and looks for patterns and trends and and helps us predict what might be um so yeah use it as a start point understand what's going on keep a keep a pace with it and use it to help us stay human and value what that is absolutely so here's another ai question for you then what are some successful examples of ai driven leadership and decision making in various industries oh my god it's so generic isn't it yeah that's i mean there are loads and i'm sure i'm not an ai expert listen as i said to you <laughs> friday it's like actually why am i here <laughs> and you know i think there are loads of incredible examples i just have my really simple one that we've used over the years I think what it's what it's helping us do is reach more people. You know, we have 
um, people now looking at the value of resilient leadership in different sectors across the world. You know, the the challenge of being a resilient leader is universal, and actually, what the AI is helping us do through the mark through marketing, um, through the, the brilliant articles are, that are out there, sort of synthesising those things that can really help practically day to day people feel happier, stay healthier, be more productive in the roles that they do. That's the way to look at it. It's yeah. the it's in service of us, not the other way around. I think if ever you feel I'm not sure how this is serving us, helping us achieve our clarity of direction, then we should stop and have the courage to stop. And I suppose lots of people have the, certainly people of my era and possibly yours as well, yeah. of the of the Terminator moment <laughs> yeah. and that it's taken over the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the point, isn't it? You know, people are, governments are s- sort of scrabbling to stay apace. You know, the tech industries have got huge investments and are you know motivated and driven for us to use this technology and i think and i hope um hope's not a strategy by the way so we've got to you know we've got to make our own reality here you know we challenge and we check and we make sure that um we're on, and people on the ground noticing the things that we're gaining and the things that we're losing we should speak up and make sure that those um that we embrace those positive things yeah. but we also challenge and have the courage to say no not for me And the last question from the AI world, okay, and that is, um, how can leaders stay informed and updated about the latest AI advancements and their potential impact on leadership roles? Mm, That's a great question. I think you have to read. You have to use AI to help you (laughs) look at what's going on. And I think go, go broad as well. If you know you have one channel of information, use your kind of your search engines and um, go to places that you wouldn't normally read mm. you know go to science journals and um, you know go to different um, broadcasting <laughs> channels just to hear things from a different perspective I think that's that's what we've got to do we've got to keep stopping looking up and out and checking what's changing um, and how is it going to impact yeah. you know, the, the, the environment the organisation that I'm in where, where are the opportunities going to be well, one thing's for sure is it's definitely here to stay. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we've all got to do is learn to embrace it, uh, live with it, absolutely. and and actually make it work for us, as you say, yeah. rather than us work for it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, so yeah. And i a little break for music. Be back and be talking about coaching. and colour blind there we're back with Rachel half an hour to go Rachel how are you finding it so far great doing lovely it's all good um, <laughs> if you do have any questions still time to get questions in Bath so you can text Bath followed by your message 80011 or email studio at radiobath.com we're going to talk about very quickly about becoming a resilient leaders consultant so what's that all about and how do people do it right well we have um, an online resilient leaders assessment and development program which we train people in the use of so um, they can be from anywhere, uh, as long as they're passionate about building resilient leadership in themselves and other people. They can be working in organisations, they can be working for themselves, and we're building a community of practice. We have over 115 people now accredited, 
um, across the world in different roles, different functions, and our accreditation program enables them to use the Resilient Leaders Development Program with other people. The reason that that's exciting for them is it assesses at any point in time how you're doing against those four elements that we talked about, which means that if you take it on day one, I do some work with you or a group, and you take it after six months, I can show the change that's happened in people, which means we can measure impact, maybe even demonstrate return on investment. And we can do that in a quantitative way, gives you kind of a nice shift in kind of growth or impact but also qualitative, qualitative. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> and, you know, how they've got that growth, which means you can make it sustainable. So okay. you can do your work with confidence that at the end of it, they know what, what to do to maintain that level of resilient leadership going forward. And that matters because nobody wants to be dependent on, you know, professional development people. You want to be able to know, okay, I get it. I know how to do it. I know now that I can access this tool retake my assessment at any point in time when things change for me you know i've got a new situation a new job that i want to go for and so on so people are using it in the marine industry to help health and safety inspections on ships people to be more open we're using it with the military um to help um give every individual the opportunity for a personalized leadership development program using it in education and in the nhs and in corporate organizations which is great because we have a vision to make world-class leadership development available to all irrespective of rank or position or experience or age or any of that nonsense leaders people are people wherever they are and we believe everyone is a leader and therefore deserves to have the opportunity to develop their resilient leadership okay and if somebody wanted to do it how would they go about it get in touch get on the website which w- is www.resilientleaderselements.com i don't think we need to do the www dot anymore <laughs> i think that was back in oh 2003 my, God, that's showing my age it's, uh, my yeah, children are listening to this I, being, mother stop it i think you can just say the website these days okay <laughs> so website's there you can book in for a conversation and um, apply to do our next accreditation we do at the moment we get 12 good people together and run the accreditation so it's nice and small intimate we always make sure it's an eclectic mix of people so you'll be working with people from completely different backgrounds to you and um yeah five months virtual we've always been virtual richard before zoom was a thing we were using skype and then zoom became a thing so we challenged ourselves early on if we've got an online piece of ai um that people need to access online we need to make sure our um training is online and useful as a result so we do a lot of work up front to build trust in the group so that they can work together, bringing their own experience. I said earlier, I'm not into famous people. I'm into people bringing their own experience and an experiential way, practicing and applying yeah. um, the, the tool to help themselves first, and then they're ready to go and use it with other people. And I'm guessing it's not free. No, it's not, sadly. Um, we do do kind of... I should, oh, Richard, my commercial director, is going to be listening to this, but, you know, <laughs> bursaries, we're, we're absolutely up for spreading the cost um but it does cost money it's a five months program and it's 1800 pounds mm-hmm. 1850 pounds actually yeah to do okay cool so if you wanted to become that simply contact you via the contact website. us the other thing i should say is that we the most important thing about becoming accredited is we have a community of practice that we host on another piece of ai called glass cubes um and it's like a virtual community and people within the community pop up form subgroups they collaborate on new projects it's a really exciting place to be at the moment there's loads going on in different sectors so if if you're looking for a change a transition into something new um, you want to be able to measure the impact of the work that you're doing 
definitely check it out. It's a brilliant programme piece of I suppose of one of the main things you're going to get out of all of that is connections. Yeah. Connections so to different important. industries. Yeah. To also, you know, to get on the course, I'm guessing you've got to be a certain standard already. So you're all go- already going to be surrounded by exceptional people yeah. to some degree. Mo- mostly people within the community recommend other people outside to come in. Um, okay. So that's generally how it is. However, Jeremy and I, my business partner, we um, a co-founder, I should say, we speak to everybody who's interested in joining and we, we speak to them about their values, making sure that they their values and the, um, the things that they believe in kind of align with our beliefs. Everyone leads. Um, and it takes time to build resilient leadership and that actually you need, you need a balance between who you are as well as what you do. You know, yeah. What we do does not define who we are. And you, we need emotional intelligence as well as applied cognitive intelligence. Now, we hear that in people that we that we speak to and we say this is going to be a great fit for you come in you're welcome um whilst you're on the accreditation it's like you're in your own house with 12 other people at the end of the accreditation we have what we call a street party where you come out the door of of your virtual house and you meet the virtual street and you know all the consultants bundle in and say welcome and look for the new people coming in to form new collaborations it's great it's really exciting and it's growing sounds like a fantastic community now we've had another question coming in uh this is again from richard regular listener morning richard Uh, he says on coaching Mm. if you have exhausted all your positive techniques to change someone's actions and they still can't get it how do you get them to realize they are doing it wrong without just saying you're not doing it correctly Mm. there's a question for you yeah how how I guess it's how long you give yourself to, to, to do that. In my experience, um, ask questions, <laughs> listen long enough, give yourself space, recognise it's going to take time. Um, ask other people for help, you know, triangulate how you're seeing things with how they're experiencing things, uh, experiencing the, the same, you know, behaviour and keep talking, keep listening keep talking and keep listening i think yeah, is, is I think really so. good ask questions try not to make statements you know coaching is all about i mean it's there's been books written on it and it's multi-million pound dollar business now but it's all about listening you know genuinely listening and if you don't have anything to offer you ask another question yeah. until you get some kind of insight that might be useful and if um things aren't changing for people i think if i can offer something else as well yeah Often people's behaviour is driven by the need for something. And I mentioned earlier, inclusion, control and openness. So we have a fundamental need to feel that we are influential in some way, that we are part of something and that we are cared for or loved. And bad behaviour often comes from one of those three things being missing in people's lives. So it might be something that's happening externally um, that makes them act that way. Uh, Remind us of the website very quickly again. I'm not going to say the the three no, things. I'm going to say resilientleaderselements.com. You'd be very welcome. Come and check us out and ask any questions. Happy to help. Fabulous. Time for a bit of Miley Cyrus. Nice. Let's go. 
were just chatting off air about Miley Cyrus and about how amazing she is as a performer. And uh, yeah, I watched her in Glastonbury. I was just on the TV, alas, haven't been to Glastonbury just yet. And, you know, she genuinely left nothing on the stage. She just was you know, talk about leadership. And and, service, isn't she? Yeah, she was, in, she was incredible. And she was um, authentic. Yeah. She absolutely yeah. believed in everything she was doing. And it wasn't like she was trying to be a pop star. No. She was simply singing her heart out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, that's uh, what you get from her. It is amazing. Now we're going to talk about subject de- dear to both of our hearts. That's the wonderful world of dancing. Yay! Yay! And it's amazing. I, I chatted to you for the last hour and a half about leadership. And, yeah. and you've been, yes, and everything's fine. And as soon as I mentioned the word dancing, you were smiling. <laughs> well, that's what you said earlier, wasn't it? It's why you do it. It makes people smile. It does make people smile. So how long have you been dancing for now, Rachel? Uh, since February, I think I came first. And how did you find out about it? I'm always intrigued. Um, I used artificial intelligence. Did I you? Googled it. You Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, always, I've always wanted to be able to you know dance with a partner and not you know feel a bit of a wally yeah. and um yeah so i came along with my partner and um found well found you online local to us having moved to the area recently and yeah love yeah. it you love it Absolutely so you come along to our brother Raven class on monday yes, nights yes i do monday you? nights regularly um, yeah. always feel a little bit sort of nervous before i arrive and when i arrive and I have to confess, last Monday I was a bit grumpy Where when I you? arrived. And by the time I'd finished, I was so glad I came. It really cheered me up. Yeah. I can't imagine you being grumpy. No, I'm not quite. I was thinking I was tired. So I think I was tired and grumpy. Easily could have stayed on the sofa. And I didn't. I, I kicked my own backside and yeah. my partner kicked my backside and we went. And it was great. It just cheers me up. And it's lovely. The whole kind of combination of being taught something new and then being able to just f- kind of freestyle um, with a bit of structure, which really helps, you know, or yeah. massively helps me. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you love about it? Um, I love that I am I'm learning. So I'm learning how to use my body, this sounds strange, in a, an, an, in a not, I'm, I'm not as self-con- self-conscious as I used to be when I dance. You know, I really enjoy it. You know, you said to me, Richard, you know, when you use your arm, you kind of, you know, sort of, I make, it's not... (laughs) For the benefit of the tape, Rachel is now using her arms out to the side. Absolutely. You know, that sort of thing, you said, um, you know, if you're walking down the high street doing that, it would be odd. If you don't do it here, it would be odd Mm. for you not to do it. So it's kind of just consciously and unselfconsciously looking great on the dance floor. You know, my kids would challenge me i'm sure but at least i now know how to dance with a partner um to music different music so now have you had that scenario so you can now dance since february did you say yes since february okay have you had a family do where there's a dj on and then you kind of go i really want to dance but dancing around a handbag seems fairly pointless now and then you get up and you feel like you're showing off no, not yet, but I'm looking forward to that day. Are you? And, <laughs> and, and your kids will go, oh, mum, don't. And then they'll Sit watch down. you and then they'll go, they'll hate it, but they'll go, yeah. actually, you're really good. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the dream, isn't it? That you actually could get up and not just do that sort of shuffle. Yeah. Um, but actually feel that you're doing something with purpose, that you're listening to the music, you're in the music, um, loving it. And you're just not as self-conscious as perhaps you would be normally. That's 
that was the ambition for me just Absolutely. to be able to dance now what do you find hard about it because lots of people come along and yeah. it's not for them and i get that entirely yeah and loads of people feel very self-conscious and they they can find it quite difficult so what yeah. do you find hard about it i think the normal things like um you know you you change partners so you know am I going to be asked to dance? The great thing about your classes, Richard, is that everybody asks everybody else to dance. It's lovely. Um, you're never left sitting for very long, um, if at all. Um, um, what I find hard about it, remembering things as a, f- I mean, largely kind of female follow, yep. um, male lead. So the follower you've taught me actually does have to be very proactive. Mm. But um I would find it really hard to lead now that I've been following, um, but I'm st- I'm picking that up slowly too. Um, so the hardest thing is probably overcoming those barriers, and that's all in- that's all internal. It's nothing to do with the class itself. It's me just kind of overcoming my I don't know what is it um, shyness or self consciousness yeah. probably. I know when I very first went dancing, I haven't really told the story very many times, but I, I learned originally in Chippenham at the mm. Gold Diggers nightclub, which sadly is no longer there. Yeah, I've um, heard that one. Yeah, it's a, a wonderful place. And I genuinely owned one pair of shoes, oh. and I went along in my, I think it was my England football top. Nice. Uh, and that was kind of the standard of yeah. dress and kind of how I felt about myself. Yeah. And I didn't really look after myself particularly at that point, I don't mm. think. And then six months later, I owned 10 pairs of shoes, and I wore different clothes every time i went dancing yeah, and i've yeah. seen that transformation in so many people yeah. as well i do notice that you know people they look amazing you know that everybody's enjoying themselves i just i just really enjoy it. i mean i haven't made a bit of a fool of myself a few times but that's hilarious and everybody's very kind about it i did a i did a chest pump on some poor chap he kind of put his hands on his chest for me to push against him and yeah. i I didn't. I just ran into him like I was doing a pogo or something in the mosh pit. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, it's a bit of fun, you know. There you go. Uh, Rich just messaged in again. He said he didn't notice you being very grumpy and also says you're a lovely dancer. Oh, bless so, you, So Richard. there we go. Um, so you've been dancing now for six months or yeah. so, there or thereabouts. Kind of what do you hope to get out of dancing in the future as you go on then? Um, I think, you know, every time I come, I learn something new. And I, if I think back to where I started, um, so in the future would be really nice to to learn some kind of routine actually at the moment i just kind of do what i'm told but i think an ambition would be to learn a dance with my partner you know strictly started again you know you watch those routines wouldn't it be lovely to be able to you know do something that you feel i've remembered this i've learned this and this looks good i know it looks good and i'm i'm looking and it feels good looking forward to doing it if you know of a good dance teacher that can help you then uh, do let me know and i have to say we've had some one-to-one um lessons with you has really helped hugely as well which i didn't know what to expect but they are brilliant you know the stuff that you think you've kind of got it but there's layers and layers and Mm. layers of experience that people that you bring that can really help um, at any level so yeah I highly recommend it oh, seriously it's fantastic you're, you're very kind if anybody does want to know about it siroc.com c-e-r-o-c dot okay. for that uh, another little break uh, back with our quick fire round it's an updated one as well because oh. Rachel's been in before I thought I knew the so answers now but we've I got a whole don't. new load of questions for her back <laughs> after this
We're back with Rachel. It's our last little bit. It's the quick fire round. Ooh. How have you found today, Rachel? Great. You've been yeah, lovely enjoyed again. It. Thank you so much for having right. me. Right now, these are different questions. Right okay, here. so I had Grace Faramond, who's a florist. She came on. She's been on twice, okay. and I had to come up with different questions for her. And I've got even more different questions for you. Oh. Okay, so you don't know any of these. Even the first one. Normally, it's what's your favourite ice cream. We're not asking that. Okay. okay. So I'm branching out. I'm going full on here. Okay. So okay. making me is, really nervous. This now, is Richard. going deep. Okay. So are you ready? <laughs> God, all right. What is your favourite flavour of crisps? Oh, salt and vinegar. <laughs> oh my god. I had you so Such worried, didn't up. I? <laughs> salt and vinegar, fair enough. any particular type? Because uh, they're so different in different flavours, in they? different crisps, oh. yeah. I don't know, I'm not that much of a connoisseur. Are you not? I just go, give me salt and vinegar. Okay. It's fine. Salt and vinegar's good. Yes. Okay. All I good. like sucking the salt and vinegar off before I. Let's move on from that moment. Um, <laughs> do you? Ha- this is one of the new... So some of them have been updated, okay? So this okay. one has been asked before, so okay. you may have heard this one. Uh, do you hang your toilet roll over the top or behind the back? Over the top? Over the top. You seem so determined on the answer no, as well. No, absolutely. It annoys yeah. me. I, st- I turn it round deliberately. Have you been to other people's houses yes. and turned it around? You haven't. Yeah, sorry. There, there was no hesitation. Just yes. <laughs> just straight off. Yeah, the odd that, isn't it? But yeah, definitely. That's okay. I do it as well. Uh, do you eat your chocolate from the fridge... Or from the cupboard? From the freezer. Oh, okay. We haven't mm. had freezer before. Yeah. No, definitely freezer. As cold as possible. Right. Okay. These Why? are good. I like these questions. Uh, just because <laughs> they last longer. Last longer. It just last longer. <laughs> just apparently, it should be eaten at room temperature. Yeah. So Simon, who you met out in the uh, at the studios, yes. uh, he actually had said that officially it should be room eaten at room temperature. Mm. But I. I don't, yeah. No, no, colder the better. My favourite used to be, and this is how I used to make uh, a Mars bar last for quite a long time. Yeah. Okay, so I used to freeze a Mars bar, yeah. and then I'd cut it up into small slices, yes, and then I'd eat that. The tra- downside is that when I was cutting it up, some of the chocolate would just melt in my hand a little bit. <laughs> But there we go. <laughs> Made a Mars bar last for like 10 minutes. It was great. There That's exactly it. That's why you freeze it. Yeah. Uh, really part, this is for me a very, very important question. Do you leave your things at the bottom of the stairs to take up later? Yes. Yes. And it annoys me if, if people walk past it. Mm. Yeah. So I do. Leave it at the bottom of the stairs in a pile. Yeah. I have to say, at the moment, I, yeah, I, I walk past it a bit myself. But yeah, and then you take it up. And that comes from waitressing, early days of waitressing okay. when I was a teenager. You know, you don't go out or back with an empty tray was the lesson that my manager taught me. Fair enough. Now, we during lockdown, myself and my wife Zoe, we did a number of Q&A sessions. And mm. this was one of the polls that we actually did. Do you leave the things there? Right. And I, I actually managed to do a quick, because um, it was done on Zoom. Yeah. And I managed to leave, unbeknown to Zoe, loads of things on the bottom of the stairs, including a whole chair that actually blocked it because for me it's a fire hazard or it's a risk hazard to leave stuff on the bottom because I'm walking down absentmindedly oh, and then I trip over all of these things I see so, I see. Okay, so it, yeah so I I purposely sometimes make sure I don't take things back up even if they're left at the bottom really that's yeah, your excuse and you're that's sticking to it absolutely uh, what's your favourite season and why spring spring why uh, new growth sign of things to come I like cold weather so I spring or autumn probably but spring is my favourite. The smell. It's the smell. Okay. Yeah, mm. the smell of spring. Yeah. I, I also love spring because you've got six months of theoretically nice weather to come. Yeah, absolutely. Really nice. I completely agree. Right. Now, I've, re- I've written this question and I, you know, I think this is fun. Is pineapple on pizza mamma mia or just simply wrong? Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Yeah, go I just for wanted it. to hear people say mamma mia. <laughs> fruit. Fruit and savoury. Yeah, great. underrated. It's good. Yeah. 
bit of pineapple on pizza is all good <laughs> for me as well. Um, right, what's the next one? Oh, I'm just going to do that very quickly. Uh, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Uh, South America. Never Why? been, just never been. Um, friends of mine have been. Uh, Ecuador, Peru, somewhere like that. Amazing. Just a scale of scale of things there. Yeah, looks absolutely fabulous. Uh, if you could have any superpower, mm. what would it be? Oh my god! I know. It would be to go back in time and change things. Oh, what would you change? Uh, I would go all the way back, industrial revolution, and do something that stopped it all happening. I was chatting to somebody the other day about electric cars, yeah. and that you know the human race has been around for quite some time now, mm. and actually we're going to look back on this period from the early 1900s to mm. about 2050 mm. and go. They had petrol and diesel cars. Mm. And it's going to be looked at as a period of like, really? Yeah. Because it'll be quite strange. It, yeah. I would want to say stop things happening. There's so much amazing things that have happened, but it's just causing everything that's a problem today. So mm. if we could go back and um, make different choices. Yeah. Mm. Uh, fair enough. Uh, are you an early bird? It's three to go, by the way. Okay. Are you an early Gosh. bird or a night owl? Early bird. Early bird. Yeah. So what do you class as early then? Uh, anything from 5.30. Right. Yeah, but if I, uh, yeah, the trouble is if I then become an, an owl as well, it's not good for me. So, yeah, early bird if I can get to bed by 10. Okay, which doesn't happen on a dancing night, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> so that might be why you leave early sometimes. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, would you ever do a skydive? Uh, I've had the chance to do that in the past and I've never gone for it. Okay. I have to say, not really. It doesn't really do it for me. I'd much rather be on the sea or doing something at sea. Right, jumping out of a really good plane, you know. We'd hope it'd be a really good plane, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I am officially doing a skydive oh, for charity for charity oh. next year as part of my fiftieth. Are you excited about that? I'm petrified. Oh, um, I've been okay. in planes, so I've been in the back of Hercules where the backs have been opened. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I've seen kind of that sort of environment. Yeah. So I'm not particularly scared about that. Yeah. The stepping out, yeah. that bit might be slightly different yeah. for me. Um, oh, I'm sure it'll be brilliant. I'm sure it's brilliant. It's just not something I would prioritise. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm doing it for charity. Oh, but well, no, you are fantastic. welcome to join me. Really? Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to join me doing the skydive, okay. you can choose your own charity. Okay. Doesn't matter. Oh, God, Richard, all right. You're going to do it, are you? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All okay, right. there we go. So we've got live on radio now. Rachel is saying <laughs> oh, she's going to do a skydive with me next year. We need to sort out dates, but we will do. And your last question, Rachel. Okay. Uh, where is your happy place? Oh, um, it's a beach on the Isle of Wight called um, Priory Bay. I've never been there. Tell me about it. It's the most amazing place. I um, went there recently, actually. So my whole youth was Isle of Wight from the age of six to 18. And... In all seasons, Seagrove Bay, which is the first bay you walk along to and you go around a little peninsula into Priory Bay and it's uh, private and isolated and beautiful. Onto the Solent, you can see the Spinnaker Tower Amazing. Portsmouth. It's just a lovely place to be. Fabulous. Uh, remind us of the website again, Rachel. Resilientleadersselements.com Fabulous. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Pleasure. Loved it. Thanks again, Richard. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. Uh, I'm back next week, 10 till 12. The Nursery Hilperton, proud sponsor of The Morning Show.